0: Romans chapter 10, the Apostle Paul writing here, we're going to begin with verse 8, Romans chapter 10 and verse 8. Today we want to teach along the lines of the power of your confession and how you can connect your heart and your mouth. And you can speak the word of God with boldness and authority and confidence in faith, knowing that what you say will produce in your life. In other words, you will get what you say. Uh, in the book of Proverbs, it says, life and death are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. So we encourage you that there is power in your words, power in your confession, According to the Word of God, according to the Bible, we can find scripture after scripture that emphasizes the Word of God getting in our heart and in our mouth and that releases your faith in your life and releases the power of God for you to experience God's goodness. And so, we're going to begin with verse uh, 8 of Romans chapter 10. It says, But what saith it? The Word is near thee or nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. And that is the word of faith which we preach. So the Apostle Paul said the word that we are preaching. Now, if you look to verse verse 17 of the same chapter, it says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And so the necessity of preaching and teaching is there. And in the context, uh, Paul was talking about that, that you hear the word of God preached and taught. And so now faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Just like faith comes by hearing, so does doubt and unbelief in many cases come by hearing as well. So you have to guard your ear from hearing everything in the world and not listening to everything in this world. You have to feed your faith on God's Word doesn't mean that you're not attentive, you're not considerate of what's going on in the world. simply means that you have to find a good balance in what you take into your soul, into your mind, into your emotions, into your heart. You have to guard your heart. And you have to guard your heart diligently. You have to guard your mind and guard your mind diligently. And how do you do that? How do you... uh, Get the Word of God in your heart. He says there are two places that the Word of God needs to be. First, in your heart, and second, in your mouth. And you don't want to exclude one or the other. In other words, you don't want to just speak the Word uh, periodically. You want to get the Word down in your heart. And the first and foremost way that you're going to get the Word in your heart is by doing what Joshua 1.8 says, says tells us that we are to meditate on the Word of God day and night so that we may observe to do according to all that is written in the Word of God so that you are able to experience God's success in your life. (laughs) So... We want to succeed in all different areas of life. So the key here is to meditate on God's Word and get it in our heart and get it in our life. So meditation on the Word, of course, is going to get that Word inside of you. How do you meditate? You look at a scripture and you just work with it. You meditate on it. You say it over and over again. The word meditate means to ponder, pour over, uh, to uh, also to speak. To yourself to talk to yourself to say it again and again in a low tone to sing and to celebrate uh, it also means so you're taking the word of God you're getting it in your heart and getting it in your mouth and by getting it in your mouth it gets in your heart and if it gets in your heart then it's fitted in your lips and you are accustomed to speaking the word of God so then as a believer You are admonished to meditate on the Word of God day and night. That means a constant, consistent meditation on the Word. Paul told Timothy to meditate on these things and give yourself wholly to them. In other words, the word that he had written to Timothy, he said, meditate upon it. So the word of God that is written to you and to me, we are to meditate upon it. You can read the Bible, and as you read the Bible, sometimes you want to stop and pause and consider and meditate on that verse of Scripture until it gets down in your heart. And that word getting in your heart, it's unforgettable. In other words, it gets so indelibly printed in your heart because God said he would write his word in your heart and on your mind and so God wants his word in your heart and on your mind but you want to get it in your mouth so that you can get it in your heart and get it on your mind so we want to think the word of God we want to believe the word of God and we want to speak the word of God I'm thinking of a scripture over in uh, Matthew chapter 8 and that was a centurion that came to Jesus his servant was sick of the palsy and he asked Jesus to to heal him and Jesus said I'll come I'll come and heal him and the centurion said uh, Lord it's not I'm not worthy that you would come under my roof but all you need to do is speak the word only and my servant shall be healed so then he said just speak the word Jesus that's all you need to do is speak the word only I love that phrase speak the word only And he said, speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. Speak the word only because there's a lot of things, a lot of voices that are coming at you, especially in this time. In this uh, time in our world, there are a lot of voices that come, a lot of uh, media, a lot of social media, a lot of different uh, thoughts, and uh, of course it brings our awareness to what's going on, and certainly we are not uh, going to bury our heads in the sand and certainly encourage you not to, uh, but there is a natural realm and there is a spiritual realm. There is a natural world, there is a spiritual world, and uh, you need to attend to the right things in the natural realm and you need to attend to the right things in the spiritual realm. And so it is a choice and it is learning balance in your life. Finding the right balance in your life. So if God said that you had to meditate on his word day and night, then you are to meditate on his word day and night. So that would be consistently all the time. You have another scripture in Psalm 1 that tells you to do the same. Don't Uh, Listen to the counsel of the ungodly. Stand in the way of sinners or hang out with sinners and their conversation. He says... But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his delight is in the word of God, and in his law does he meditate day and night. So day and night, we are to meditate on the word of God. In other words, we are to feed ourselves, feed our spirit, and meditate on the word of God, which gets the word in our heart, and gets it in our mouth, and it gets it on our mind. Rather than the world telling you how to think about everything, we need to have the word of God And God's thoughts in every situation. What does God have to say to me? And what do I believe? And what am I going to say in response to God's word and God's promises in my life? All the promises of God, the scripture says, in him are yes and amen. So there's an already yes and an amen to the word of God. So God has already provided redemption through the Lord Jesus Christ, and you can enjoy the benefits of redemption through faith in God's Word. So he says, get it in your heart, get it in your mouth, and he said, it's the Word that we preach. Now, verse 9 says, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. If you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and you confess that Jesus is Lord with your mouth, you will be saved. So salvation, eternal life, being born again comes by simply believing in your heart, getting the word in two places. Believing in your heart and confessing Jesus Christ as Lord with your mouth. So getting the word in your heart and in your mouth enables you to receive eternal life or receive salvation or be born again. So that's the initial step of every person. In other words, you have to get saved before you access any of the other privileges and any of the other promises that God has made available to you. So let me encourage you uh, to start there. If you've not been saved, not accepted Jesus Christ, accept him. Confess Jesus as Lord with your mouth. If you believe Jesus was raised from the dead, then say Jesus is Lord with your mouth. And when you do, he says you'll be saved. Salvation comes to you. Well, the next verse, verse 10. For with the heart, man does what? Believes unto righteousness. So faith is of the heart. Believing is of the heart. For with the heart, man believes unto righteousness. So in order to become the righteousness of God to have a right relationship with God, you have to believe. Believe in Jesus. Believe that he died for you. Believe he was buried. Believe he was raised again. Accept him as Lord. Confess him as Lord. So believe in your heart unto righteousness. With the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. With a mouth, confession is made unto salvation. So your mouth and heart connection has to be made in order for you to be saved in order for you to be born again, in order for you to receive eternal life. Well, then salvation is uh, more than just getting saved or more than just getting born again. Salvation has to do with a lot of different areas (coughs) of God's redemptive plan. And so then I'm going to give you a definition regarding uh, the word in the Greek, For salvation. But actually, C.I. Schofield has this comment in his uh, Bible. It has notes. C.I. Schofield Bible. And it has this note. It says the Hebrew and the Greek words for salvation. So both the Hebrew language is what the Old Testament scriptures were uh, written in originally was Hebrew. New Testament was written originally in Greek. And he said both in the Greek and the Hebrew languages, uh, this word salvation uh, implies the ideas of uh, a few different things he says. First of all, he says it implies the idea, uh, ideas of deliverance. So when it comes to Uh, Salvation, it extends beyond just your spiritual salvation in the sense of being born again. Uh, You are delivered that moment from Satan's power and Satan's kingdom. But deliverance can happen also in your mind. Deliverance can happen also in your soul or in your emotions. In other words, you can be delivered from darkness in your mind or deception in your mind or uh, oppression on your mind, or uh, anxiety in your mind, or uh, you know, uh, emotional distress in your mind. You can be delivered from that, and it's God's will for you to do so. And so, how are you gonna do that? Well, he said, confession is made unto salvation. Now, the word confession simply means it comes from a Greek word, homologio, and it's two words, homo lego. Homo meaning same. Lego meaning basically to build. It means to put things together. Pieces together. And uh, a construction of your life and your world. And so really what you're doing in Christianity is rebuilding your soul. Or restoring the soul. Uh, The scripture says in James. It says receive with meekness or humility. Other translations say, Receive with meekness or humility the engrafted or implanted Word, which is able or has the power to save your soul. So the Word of God has the power to save your soul. So salvation would have to do with delivering your soul, delivering your mind, delivering your emotions, or delivering you physically from sin or a physical Behavior, uh, uh, physical sinful acts of behavior so you can be delivered from that and how do you get delivered how do you walk out your deliverance that's really been wrought already in your spirit when you're born again you're saved now it needs to come out into your soul it needs to come out into your lifestyle into your behavior and your life patterns can be changed Because if your thinking is a certain way, then generally you're going to behave that way. But God wants you to change in your life, and a divine change can occur... And it starts in your heart. It starts when you're born again, when you believe in your heart and confess Jesus as Lord with your mouth. But when you continue to believe the promises of God and the Word of God, and you confess those promises, or you say the same thing that God says about you, then your deliverance comes out of the inside, and it happens in your soul, in your mind, your will, your emotions, happens in your body, happens in your life, and your lifestyle changes, and life is different as a result. Why? Because it's working its way out from the inside to the outside. How does it occur? Confession is made unto deliverance. So this word deliverance would be included in salvation. And let me give you the last part of this phrase. He said, deliverance, safety, preservation, healing, and soundness. And then he says, salvation is a great inclusive word of the gospel Gathering into itself all the redemptive acts and processes. So salvation is this great big word. This inclusive word of the gospel. And so all the redemptive acts and processes are included in this word. So whatever Jesus did in his crucifixion, in his death, in his burial, in his resurrection, in his ascension and seating at the right hand of the Father, I'm telling you, it's included in the package. So this is a package deal, and you can uh, can enjoy the package. In other words, everything was included in salvation, but many times people don't know what they... Uh, have in Christ. They don't know what their inheritance is, but when you do know, then you need to make a confession that is in line with what God has provided in Christ. So every promise of God, all the promises of God in Him are what? Yes and amen. So you need to add joy, amen, to God's truth that says it is true, it is yes, it is a guaranteed promise of God based on the redemptive work of Christ. So he says it it includes all the redemptive acts and processes. Everything that Jesus did in Christ now has done in you and now wants to work its way out in your life. That's still part of the process. Redemption is already in the bank. And you got a withdrawal when you got born again or got saved. You extracted something from the redemptive work of Christ, the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. And you received eternal life as a result. You got born again. And you got it by simply doing two things. Getting your heart and your mouth connected. Believing in your heart and saying it with your mouth. Well, the same is true of every promise of God, every provision of God. It all belongs to you. It's part of your inheritance. You're an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus, according to Romans chapter 8. And you can partake of your inheritance or you can enjoy the benefits of your inheritance. How? You enjoy the benefits of your inheritance by believing the Word of God in your heart And saying it with your mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Now confession is made unto deliverance. Now let's look at another word. The second word, he says, it implies the ideas of deliverance, safety. In other words, you can have safety in your spirit, in your soul, and in your body, and in your life. Now, in our world today, many times people, uh, even on college campuses, they have a safe place. You know, In other words, they get there and they don't have to listen to other people's opinion. They don't have to listen to other people's uh, viewpoint or, or, or their philosophy. They just want a safe place where I, I don't want to listen to other body, anyone else's opinion right now. I, I want to be secure in my own opinion. Well... Uh, Your security in your own opinion or your belief system is not safe just because you're by yourself or just because you're secluded. Now, we all need to listen to others, but be established in what we believe. You could have a healthy debate or difference of opinion. And at the same time, maintain your strength of conviction. God wants you to have safety in that sense. In other words, you can listen to others. But at the same time, you can know and have confidence and assurance that you know what you know. You believe what you believe based on the promises of God or based on the Word of God. And it's healthy to listen outside of your box And be able, for one reason, maybe you could learn something. Another reason is that you can grow deeper roots in what you do believe. You can know and be settled and confident and well-founded and grounded in what you believe. And secure in what you believe, even though others may contradict. Now, we're living in a world very uh, very uh, much that seems unsafe right now. So... Uh, People are staying home, people are uh, endeavoring to stay in a safe place. But your safety is not just in the house, your safety is in Christ. Your safety is in the refuge that He has provided, that strong tower that He has provided, that place of safety in Christ. Praise God. So you want to While you're home, be confident that you're in him, confident that you dwell in the secret place of the Most High, under the shadow of the Almighty. I'll say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. In other words, you're saying the same thing that God says. You're safe. Your safety is of the Lord. Because you could be at home all alone, by yourself, or you could be with your other family members and be very anxious. Or you could be very uh, you know, depressed or discouraged because you're not in that safe place in Christ. And you're not confident of your place in Christ. But no matter where you are, you want to maintain your consciousness of, or your awareness of who you are in Christ and your safety in Christ. And certainly, we want to listen outside of our box. In other words, you don't want to just meditate on the Word. You want to listen to what the news is telling you and, and the instruction that the uh, CDC has given us. And, and our government has given us. We're listening. We're trying to follow uh, the procedures, protocols. And we're, we're endeavoring to maintain safety as individuals. You want to listen to the news media some so that you can have the information necessary. But you don't want to take uh, uh, so much time doing that that you're overloaded. You're just so conscious and so aware uh, of corona and and its uh, place in our environment. Coronavirus is everywhere. Just so conscious of that that you forget the promise of God. In other words, you need some balance. You want to have enough sense and enough fear that you don't walk out in front of a, a, a 18-wheeler truck that's coming uh, 60 miles an hour and say, "Well, I'm invincible." No, you're not invincible. If you walk out there, angels are probably not going to save you. If you walk out there on purpose, you're going to probably lose your life. But so. But at the same time, we're living in a world we consider the natural, and you're living in a natural world, but you're also having a connection with a spiritual world as well. In other words, uh, you listen to the information, you take it into your thoughts, you consider it, and then you follow through and follow the protocol. Some is so basic. Wash your hands. You were taught to wash your hands as a child. But we still sometimes... Uh, have to uh, reiterate and reiterate and say it again and say it again to our kids. Why? Because they need to learn the importance of washing their hands for basic hygiene and taking care of their, their health. So you wash your hands. Well, we are washing our hands. We're doing it over and over again. You know, you, you don't want to leave out the lotion part because you're going to be, your skin's going to be cracking. And so, uh, but you're washing your hands diligently. You're, doing things very diligently. You're cleaning the counters and making sure things are sanitized and, and, and you're killing the germs. And that's what we need to do naturally. And so people are, we trust, diligent. Not everyone is because they're not considering it wisely. And so uh, they but Overall, people are doing these things, and and they're taking the natural steps. But then God wants us to take some spiritual steps as well. He wants us to be as diligent. I mean, throughout your day, you're washing your hands, you're doing it. Well, he says that we're to meditate on his word. What? Day and night. So throughout your day, you're to meditate on the word of God. Keep the word of God before you. Even though you're taking these natural precautions and natural steps, be diligent as well when it comes to the Word of God, because you want to maintain enough balance of the Word of God that you don't get in fear and anxiety and worry and What's next? And the world's coming to an end. And, uh, you know, all of the fears and all of the things that people deal with in their life. Well, what we need to do is say, God, we trust you. At the same time, we're taking the natural precautions. Both are important. You don't exclude one for the other. But at the same time, you want to maintain a spirit of faith wherever you are. In home, in your house, your protection is of him. Your safety is of the Lord because you confess unto salvation. So you can't constantly so feed on the information that you have overload. It's basically the same thing over and over and again. And then updates to give you the new information so that you can pay attention to that as well. So you, if you're just so consumed with that that you're fearful and seeing all of the death in the world and you're not thinking about life. You're not thinking about surviving and how to effectively do that emotionally, spiritually, and physically. The Holy Spirit has an answer for every situation and safety, the Scripture says, is of the Lord. And so God will keep us safe. And so part of your confession is to be safety. In other words, I'm going to say I'm, in the, uh, I'm under the shadow of the Almighty. I, 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 he is my refuge. Actually, it says in Psalm 91, I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God. In Him will I trust. He will give His angels charge over me to keep me in All of my ways. That means everywhere I go, whatever I do in my house or wherever I am, thank God, angels have charge over me. And no plague shall come nigh, my dwelling, my body, and my home, and my family. And we're trusting you, Father, for your safety. So what are you doing? You're confessing the word of God unto safety. Safety. Well, it says deliverance. It means deliverance. It means safety. It means preservation, meaning that God is preserving us, spirit, soul, and body. What does it say in, in 1 Thessalonians five twenty three? I pray, God, your whole spirit, soul, and body would be preserved blameless until the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I grew up in the South, and so I grew up in North Carolina. And, you know, back in uh, when I was growing up, people, they picked beans and uh, corn and all the different things, and, and then they would do what they called canning. You know, it was the old style canning, and they actually would uh, prepare the vegetables and then they would put them in this jar, curd jars, the old curd jars, and then they would seal it and it had a little uh, seal on it and it would seal it up, and that made it so the outside contaminants or germs. Would not destroy it or break it down. So it's no good. Well then. God has sealed us with the Holy Spirit of promise. And so God seals us and preserves us and protects us. Praise God. So you can know in your day and no matter what is going on around us, at the same time, God's Word is a preservative. And the Word of God works in your life. You can confess unto preservation. I believe God preserves my life. He satisfies me with a long life. Because the scripture promises that. So what are you doing? You're confessing unto preservation. With long life will he satisfy me. And it actually says, and show him my salvation. Wow, so God is going to show you his salvation. Or he's going to show you his preservation. So whatever you're doing, always know. You still got to go to the grocery store. You still got to eat. You're doing your best. You're doing everything we know to do, washing our hands. And and now, of course, they're encouraging you to wear a face mask as well. And and you know no face masks are available enough for everybody. So we want it for the medical uh, people so that they can service the needs of people. And so wear something. That's what they're encouraging you now at this point. Well, you do the natural, but you believe in the supernatural as well. That God is preserving and protecting well, it says that, for example, God wants to preserve your soul. Keep your soul. Not only your, your body, but your soul, your mind. And God wants you to keep you in peace. We preached on that last Sunday night. Well, God says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything. The devil likes to get you all anxious. Worrying and fretting. So you can worry and fret at home by yourself. Or you can worry and fret at the grocery store. Well, God wants you to trust Him. Cast your care upon the Lord. Why? Because He cares for you, and He's going to take care of you. And so you trust Him. You do the natural, but you balance it with the spiritual as well. You don't exclude one for the other. You do both. And you apply the Word of God, and you speak the Word of God, and you say, God is preserving my life. God has not given me second uh, Timothy 1.7, God has not given me what? The spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. The Amplified Bible says a well-balanced mind. In other words, you got to be well-balanced. You can't be sensory overload with all of the coronavirus, so, so much of it that you can't even have think safety. You can't think deliverance. But if you balance, you got to have a counterbalance. If something's going to be uh uh, balance, you got to have a counterweight or counterbalance. And you you got to be balanced on the Word side. Hallelujah. you got to have a strong, a strong, strong, steadfast faith in the Word of God. And your confession then is now, I'm going to meditate on the Word day and night. I'm going to confess the Word of God. I'm going to confess God's promises. I'm going to confess that my life is preserved and do it daily, every day. Say it. Let it come out of your mouth. And be diligent, as at least as diligent as washing your hands. At least as diligent as cleaning up the counters. Why are you cleaning them up? The angels of God have been given charge over me. Why are you washing your hands? Thank God. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Hallelujah, Jesus is Lord. In other words, you're saying the word and you're confessing the word. So you're conscious of God's promises at the same time you're taking the natural precautions. You're praising God and thanking God for his promises. Hallelujah. And God's provision in your life. Well, let's go to the next one. He says, it also means healing. It's the all-inclusive word of the gospel. Gathering into it. All the redemptive acts and processes. So healing would be included. So you're confessing unto healing. If you get a little sniffle, thank God. Hallelujah. I'm delivered. I'm healed by the stripes that Jesus bore. If God be for me, who can be against me? God's on my side. Healing belongs to me. And what do you say? You say, surely he has borne our sickness. It's a redemptive act. Jesus on the cross bore your sin, but he also bore your sicknesses and your disease. Surely he hath already done it. It's already accomplished. It's already in the bank. And God's already put it in the spiritual bank that Jesus has borne your sickness and carried your pains. Well, thank God. He was wounded for our transgression. Isaiah 53, 5 wounded for our transgression, bruised for our iniquities, chastisement to give us peace. Oh, hallelujah. We can have peace right in the middle of the storm, right in the middle of the uh, virus, right in the middle of what's going on in our world. Thank God for the peace of God, passing all understanding, guarding our hearts and our minds. So you want to guard your heart and your mind with peace. And how do you do it? You keep thinking on these things, things that are lovely. Good report things that are praiseworthy, you're thinking on things that are pure and lovely and of good report. so you got to balance it. And I would swing a little more on the side of faith in God. Yeah. Hallelujah. Why? Because you want you to maintain peace. You want to maintain a spirit of faith. You want to maintain your confession of faith. Thank you, Jesus. And so, what do you do? You just keep saying what God says in the face of the circumstance, in the face of what we're all facing in our world. You keep confessing the promises of God unto healing. Healing belongs to me, who his own self bare our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sin, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. So, healing is a done deal. It's already provided. It's part of the redemptive acts and processes that Jesus went through in his death, burial, and resurrection. And now God wants to work it out in your life. He wants you to experience healing. Confession is made unto Healing. So what's on the inside can work on the outside. The life that's inside can work on the outside. The healing that's in you, in Christ, can work on the outside. And healing can be manifest in your body. Healing is part of this word salvation. Soundness is part of this word salvation. Soundness of mind. Again, God's not giving me the spirit of fear, but of power, love. And of a what? Sound mind. A well-balanced mind a mind that can consider the natural and take care of the natural and deal with the natural and wash your hands and clean the counters And stay home and do the natural thing. But at the same time, praise God. Thank you, Father God, for your peace that passes all understanding. I will not be anxious. I will not fret. I will not worry. I will not get all anxious about it. And I will not get discouraged. And I will not uh, get depressed. And I'm not going to let my emotions overtake me. And I'm not going to let. Certainly, we all have emotions. And God wants you to realize you have them. But he does not want you to let it totally dominate your life. So, he says that we are to think on these things. Now, I'm going to go back to this word confession. That could also include provision. God is a provider. He's your provider. He's my provider. So, it could also include provision. Well, let's think about this word confession. It means to say the same thing. Two-part word. Homo same lego. To speak. So, basically, to speak the same thing. Everybody say it with me. To say the same thing. Now, this word meaning to say the same thing. And it also means to assent, to accord, or to agree with. To agree with. It means to, to, to confess. So, it means to say the same thing God says. So, it's basically getting God's word in your heart. Two places a word of faith needs to be, in your heart and in your mouth. So it means to say the same thing. It means to confess. It means to accord, to agree with. So you're saying, I agree with God. I'm doing the natural, but I'm also doing the spiritual. I'm going to agree with God. I'm going to say what God says. All right, so then he says it means to declare openly by way of speaking out freely. This is W. Vine's definition. He said, by way of speaking out freely, such confession being the effect of a deep conviction of facts. Such confession being the effect of a deep conviction of facts. Well, you got to know the facts. We consider the natural facts. We're listening to all the information that we get from the natural CDC and so forth. And we apply those things. And then we listen to God, and we apply His Word at the same time. So it's like dual protection here, natural protection and spiritual protection. So what do we do? We apply the natural, and we apply the Word at the same time. Just like if you went to the doctor. You went to the doctor for a surgery. Well, you're believing God that the surgeon's going to make the right procedure. He's going to do the right thing or she's going to do the right thing. And that God is protecting you at the same time. Well, you take the natural uh, into consideration here and then you do the spiritual considerations as well. You declare openly by way of speaking out freely. You declare the Word of God based on a deep conviction of God's healing promises, based on a deep conviction of God's delivering promises, His safety promises, and whatever He has promised, prosperity, provision. He'll Provide for you. He'll supply all your need. God will supply all our need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. It's part of God's salvation plan. It's part of God's package plan. It's all included in this word salvation. So then when you're making your confessions of faith, you want to let that settle in your heart. You want to meditate on the word day and night and keep your focus on the word and on the promises of God and on God's healing promise, on God's provision, God's protection, God's preservation, God's safety, God's deliverance, all are included. So when you're saying the promises of God, just know you're releasing your faith. Confession is made unto healing. Confession is made unto provision. Confession is made unto protection. Confession is made unto preservation. Confession is made unto uh, safety. Confession is made unto deliverance. So when you're saying the word of God, saying the promise of God, as simple as it may seem, it is powerful. And when you're speaking the word, life and death is in the power of the tongue. And when you get God's word in your heart and in your mouth, there is a heart and. connection, and it releases your faith, and it releases the power of God in your life so that you can experience healing, preservation, soundness, deliverance, and all the things that God has provided in your life. It is a redemptive act and process, and it's part of the process that God's working out in your life to will and do of His good pleasure. So what we're facing today, it needs to be faced in faith both in the natural and in the spiritual and know that God is for you and will preserve and protect you and heal you when needed as well.